All right. Uh, good morning. My uh, Welcome to the Brazosport Vineyard. My name is Carlos Regla, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. I had to read it from that. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> last week, uh, Bill, Bill shared a message uh, titled The Call, Stuff Dreams Are Made Of, right? I think there was two titles in there. And it was, an it was about the invitation, the call that God makes available to us to an invitation to know hope, um, to be his friend, to be his family, to be attached to the vine, to have a never-ending relationship with the creator. And as I was sitting there, um, <clears throat> you know, I, God often speaks to me in, in those moments when I'm sitting there, I, I get distracted or whatever you want to call it. But I feel like God and I, that's how we talk. And I noticed like I started to think about mistakes I had made recently in the past few weeks. And I say that not, I wasn't thinking about them like in a, a condemning way. I was, I was really kind of being released from them. I was, it was, it was awesome. I, I loved it. It was freeing is what it was. Okay, so I was sitting there as it happened and, and I was remembering, you know, some of those mistakes were yelling at my kids or, you know, going crazy on them like I, commonly do, or <laughs> um, losing it with a coworker that I barely know and that I'm supposed to be a witness to, right? Um, and then uh, the big one was, uh, I, had, I had been in AutoZone earlier, I don't remember if it was that week or the week before, but this is what came to mind, and uh, I was at AutoZone and the cashier who was attending me, I saw that he was in pain and, and I felt like God was telling me to pray for him, and, and I, I kind of froze. I, I cowered, I cowered it, if that's a word. Um, I, I didn't obey. I let the what ifs, you know, get in my head. Or like, what if, oh, what if he thinks I'm crazy? What if I look crazy? Or what if nothing happens? I know that, that sounds really like, a, like, it makes me sound like a real faithful servant <laughs> standing up here. But those things, I let them, I let them creep in and, it made me walk away. And so that's not, to be honest, that's not the first time things like this, you know, happen. Obviously, I make a ton of mistakes. Um, but uh, something that was different about this moment when I was, I was listening to the message is <clears throat> God was showing me through scripture and through sermons and through conversations, um, you know, through other people, the truth and the truth is that I'm still called, even if I mess that up, even if, even if I fall, if I stumble, if I coward, if I mess up my testimony or go cray-cray on my kids, I'm still called. And, and so that was really kind of, I felt that, I guess, soaking in, I'm not sure what the word would, the proper word would be, but then some scriptures started coming to mind. Obviously, the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit inspires, so... And I invite you guys to follow me to read this in Luke uh, chapter 15, the book of Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. I know it's kind of a lot, but it's a good, and it's a good story. It's, it's a common one, um, but I think it's, don't let that, you know, get in the way of, of knowing and dwelling in how powerful this, this story is, this, this famous story, it really is famous, um, Okay, so I'll begin in Luke chapter 15, verse uh, 11. It reads, 
Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my, my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to, to his fields uh, to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with, pods, with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like, the, <clears throat> make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I, I think that story is awesome. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times I read it or I hear it. There's so many things in that story. Um, but one of them, one, one that we're going to focus on right now is the representation of God as the father and us as the, the second son, the younger son. And it, it paints a beautiful picture of, of how the father waits, uh, waits, for, waits for and run towards the rebellious son um, regardless of what the son did. The son basically said, you know, I don't, you're dead to me. Give me my inheritance. I, don't, I won't take your advice. But, but regardless of discarding all that, you know, the father reinstated the son back into the family knowing this, knowing that he had squandered everything and made poor choices and it, all this didn't matter to the father. A reason... It, I feel like it's so powerful because it, it still applies. It applies today. It applies to me. It applies to many of us, many of you. Maybe not the perfect ones, but... Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes in my situation, you know, I've, I've squandered savings. I've squandered paychecks, opportunities, relationships, jobs, and fill in the blank, you know. But God, God's always been there waiting, longing longing for us to turn toward him. And we have, <clears throat> and when we get to him, he openly embraces us. All we have to do is look and walk and head, head his direction. <clears throat> and once we do that, we'll, we'll get to know his peace. We'll get to know his love, his grace. We'll get to be in the vine, right? It's, it's part of the whole family thing, part of the call. And it's awesome and, and it's crazy and it's beautiful. To me, it sounds crazy. Um, because for me, sometimes I may not say I want judgment, 
But I certainly do feel the shame or regret. I certainly want to feel the shame or regret <clears throat> of making stupid mistakes. Sometimes you want to, like, oh, I should feel guilty. How could I do that? How could I? I'm often like the son, like, hey, I don't, I don't deserve to be called your son. <clears throat> but God's always like, be quiet, Carlos. Somebody get him a robe. Put a ring on him. Put sandals on him. It's, God's love is just amazing. Did you notice how when we were reading this, the father doesn't even answer. He doesn't address the second part of, of the, the son. He, <clears throat> uh, where, where he says, I'll be a servant, you know, or, or I don't deserve you. He just, he didn't make him feel bad. And honestly, I haven't, I haven't found many scriptures that, I haven't, I, I haven't found any scriptures that want you to make yourself feel bad. I haven't run into them yet. But I have run into scriptures like the prodigal son or, or the one we're about to read in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 3, 3 through 4. Um, it's, it's Paul this time, and, and he's, a, he's talking to the church in Corinth, and, and um, they, that church is awesome. <laughs> They're going through a lot. They're going through struggles, you know, uh, problems, and but they're still called saints. And and so right now, this problem that he's addressing, you know, people are saying, "Oh, I follow Peter," or "I pa- I follow Paul," and some say, "I follow uh, Apollos." But but what Paul's saying is, "Don't follow us. We're we're all coworkers. We're following God. What we're doing is one of us is planting, the other one is watering, but God's doing the growing." You know, and, and then he's also addressing some things, some, I guess, judgments that people are making. They're saying, well, Apollo speaks very eloquently, so I, I feel like there's some comparison there, and maybe judgment. And, and so this is where we're, we're starting is 1 Corinthians 4, uh, verse, th- verse 3 and 4. It says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. I find comfort in this because I often find myself comparing myself or, or beating myself up, right, when I make these mistakes and not letting it go, really, really holding on to it. Um, and it, it keeps you, it robs you of your joy. It keeps you from relationship. It keeps you from enjoying the moments, maybe things that God's showing you. And that's not living, is it? <clears throat> Sorry, I lost my spot. Okay. Paul isn't saying he's perfect in this text. Um, he's just saying he doesn't allow the judgment of others, <clears throat> nor of his own, right? That's, and I, I want to dwell on that because, like I said, we're, sometimes we are hardest critic. We, we forgive others, but it's hard for us to forgive ourselves, right? We I guess we don't expect ourselves to make mistakes. I don't know. But Paul's saying he doesn't allow judgment on himself. Um, He doesn't allow judgment from others because it's not his job. It's not my job to judge myself, nor you. It's not your job to judge yourself. Our job is to walk with Christ, to love God, to love others and ourselves. Not judge others and yourself. 
So walk freely. There's another story with a similar message in, in John, the 21st chapter, <clears throat> verses 15 and 17. P- Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? Um, he doesn't say kiki, he just says, do you love me? And, <laughs> and the younger folks got that one. Okay. Yeah, no, I can't do the dance. I don't dance very well. So he, he asked Paul, I mean, uh, Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter, you know, says, yeah, I do. And, and Jesus asks again, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And, and Peter says, yeah, I, I do. And, and after the third time, you know, Peter's like, you know everything. You know, why are you asking me? I, I do love you. I, I think this moment is awesome because earlier in the story, Sorry. Um, earlier in the story, Peter was handed over. I mean, uh, Jesus was handed over, betrayed, left alone, and, and denied. He was denied by this man. Jesus knew, and, and he, he told him, you're going to deny me. And, you know, Peter's like, no, no way. I'll never do that. And so imagine the guilt, you know, oh, I denied my best friend. And, and I, a reason I think this moment is so liberating is because Jesus doesn't throw this in his face. In this moment, he, I think he does the opposite. He gives Peter the chance to tell him that he loves him three times, forgetting the other three times that he denied him. One for each time. I love you, I love you, I love you. You see, Peter, as you continue reading later in the book of Acts, you find that that moment when he denied Jesus, didn't disqualify him. It, it probably would have broken somebody. It would have hurt me a lot. You know, I denied my Lord. I still mess up. I still do something similar. <clears throat> but the scripture tells me it's, it's not over because later on in Acts, you see Peter preaching to thousands, I think 3,000 people or something. And the church grew exponentially that day. Peter goes on to talk to other people and, and the Roman the Roman citizens and, or the centurion, I don't remember. I'm sorry, I should have wrote that down. <clears throat> Peter wasn't counted out. Peter wasn't disqualified. And I'm using that word not because it's in scripture. I, I didn't find it when I was reading, but it's something that kept coming back to me. Um, probably God, you know. We're not disqualified. It's a... <clears throat> It's how we feel sometimes. It's how we think we ought to feel or we think we ought to be disqualified. But in God's economy, failure doesn't disqualify you. It still sounds crazy to me because your failures are not bigger than Jesus. It didn't disqualify Peter. It didn't disqualify Paul who persecuted the church. It didn't disqualify John Mark who left uh, Paul in the middle of a mission. In fact, later on, he comes back and he comforts Paul. We see that in a different book. So failure doesn't disqualify you. The call remains. The call remains to share the good news, to baptize, to receive the Holy Spirit, to be loved, to, be, to let Christ transform you, to have life abundant, to know hope, to know God, to know peace, to be the salt, to be the light, 
and to walk without condemnation because of the risen Jesus Christ. If you'd please stand with me, um, join me in prayer. Sorry, I know they're not 40-minute sermons like Bill. But... <laughs>